Hello, for listeners, and welcome back to My Fabulous Blind Life. I'm your host, Nicole, and today we're going to be talking about my youngest child's diagnosis with ADHD. As many of my listeners know, my oldest child was diagnosed with ADHD. So when I started to suspect my youngest child, Gio, had ADHD, I thought to myself, well, this isn't going to be a problem. I'm an old pro. I got this. Boy, I couldn't have been more wrong. When it comes to my two children, their ADHD symptoms are like night and day. I remember when we were going through the process of elimination, trying to figure out what was going on with Gio, I kept asking the doctors, Could we be seeing early signs of ADHD? It seemed like every time I brought it up to the doctors, I would hear something along the lines of maybe, but let's try this first, or maybe, but let's look into this first. It seems like every time I mentioned it, the doctors just kind of swept it under the rug. I don't think I was really heard, at least I felt like I wasn't heard as a parent until I think Geo's three-year well check appointment. At this point in time, we got a new physician's assistant, or what they usually call a PA. Not being heard by the doctors was a very new experience for me. It seemed like with my oldest, anything and everything I brought up was considered and looked at. I'm not sure if it's the circumstances in which my oldest child was born into or the fact that he was a foster child, but it just seems like with him, I had access to way more services. It also seems with my oldest, I had more access to information, a compassionate ear from his healthcare provider. It was so much easier for me getting my oldest child diagnosed with ADHD than it was for me to get Geo diagnosed. I am pretty confident that Jesse was diagnosed by 18 months. It seemed like it took until Geo's three-year well check appointment that I was actually heard about my concerns for him having ADHD, and I think that was because we had a new physician's assistant. Gio's three-year well check appointment was basically where I busted out into tears out of desperation to try and figure out why my little man could not sleep. Our new physician's assistant finally provided us some relief with some melatonin and a referral to a sleep specialist. After several appointments and tests, we finally got a few answers. We found out that Gio had a very low iron, he had a mild case of sleep apnea, and he suffered from restless leg syndrome. All of these things can mimic ADHD behaviors. We got some much needed relief with surgery by removing his tonsils and agnoids, magnesium supplementation, iron supplementation, and of course, melatonin. As a whole, our family was getting much better sleep. Although we were experiencing relief, I was still really concerned about his constantly fidgeting body. As I said in the last episode, 
We were in the height of COVID and had to attend online preschool, which was an absolute nightmare and I pretty much gave up altogether. When I quit online preschool, this is pretty much when I started looking for further evaluations for GEO, even though I felt like I already knew what was going on. At this time, I found a preschool that did evaluations for kids with special needs or social delays. It was suggested to me that because of COVID, GEO might be experiencing some social anxiety or social delays. I did have Gio evaluated and he qualified for the program in some gross and fine motor skills. My only problem was there was no in-person instruction at that time. And by the time I got Gio into actual preschool with kids and teachers, there was only a few weeks left of school. After these few weeks of preschool, we realized that Gio was in no way ready for kindergarten the next year. We decided at this time to hold him back and give him a full year of preschool before we sent him off to kindergarten. When the next school year started, Gio's teacher started to see some different behaviors that were concerning. He was very socially delayed with his peers and he had an immature grasp on his pencil. He also struggled with holding scissors and cutting he was always very fidgety during circle time. He also greatly struggled when he was left to do independent activities. At our fall parent-teacher conference, we discussed all the new developments with GEO. We then edited his IEP, or Individual Education Plan, to fit all his needs, and I took all my new information to our new favorite physician's assistant. I shared with her my very strong concerns for GEO and she recommended an evaluation called Chattis and emailed it out to his teachers. The Chattis evaluation is an inventory that assesses a person's personality and psychopathology. This process took some time because GEO's teacher was extremely busy with other evaluations as well. But by the spring, we actually had a diagnosis of inattentive ADHD. Wait, what? Now, I'm not entirely sure how this happened, but the fact that there are different types of ADHD had actually eluded me all these years. I just thought ADHD encompassed certain behaviors. I had no idea that it was actually categorized into three different types of ADHD. I then experienced what some of us may call an aha moment and basically a ton of bricks had whacked me upside my head. I had already suspected that Gio had had ADHD for a while, but everything that I had used on my oldest son and tried with Gio never seemed to work for me. Now, I had figured out why. It was like, duh. I guess I thought, because they both had ADHD, what worked with my oldest would work with Geo, but that was not the case. I found what worked for one wouldn't work for the other because my boys had two different types of ADHD and were like night and day. I felt very uneducated at this particular moment in my life. I basically had to dive back down into the rabbit hole of knowledge to learn even more about ADHD. 
I guess I just thought because I had been through this with my oldest, I basically already knew what I was doing. Yes, my boys may share similarities with their ADHD, but they have huge differences. As I jump back into the hole of information on ADHD, I finally discovered the three different types that there were. The first type is inattentive ADHD. Not paying attention to details, making careless mistakes, failing to pay attention and stay on task, not listening, being unable to understand and follow instruction, avoiding tasks that involve effort, being distracted and forgetful, losing things that are needed to complete tasks. Now, you must have at least six of these symptoms and very few of the other symptoms of a different type of ADHD to be diagnosed with a certain type of ADHD. Next type is called hyperactive impulsive ADHD and it involves fidgeting, squirming, getting up often uh, when you're seated, running or climbing at inappropriate times, trouble being quiet, talking too much or out of turn or blurting out stuff at inappropriate times. They also basically go like they're driven by a motor. The last type is the most common type of ADHD and basically have symptoms of both inattentive and impulsive hyperactive. I basically had to re-educate myself, learn all new tools and techniques in order to be able to deal with Geo. Now, since we had already been through this with my oldest son, who actually has combined ADHD, Considering medication for Gio was a little bit easier for us. For those of you who have been following my story, you know that with my oldest child, I tried anything and everything under the sun to avoid medication for him. Unfortunately, in the end, I did have to put my oldest on medication. Now, due to the type of ADHD that my youngest Gio had, our favorite new physician's assistant wanted to start with the stimulant Ritalin. This still scared the living shit out of me. As a mom, it's still extremely hard for me to place my children on medication, especially this one. I took a deep breath though and jumped right in. We started with the lowest dose, non-time release, and stood back and watched to see what happened. First, we noticed that Gio was actually able to sit still and watch a show. Usually, for Gio, it was like the TV was on, but he could never sit still long enough to watch it. Then we noticed he wasn't actually all over the place all the time. He was actually able to sit and play with toys, and it didn't look like a party of destruction or a tornado of toys had gone through my living room. The best part was when Gio's teacher contacted me and told me what a big difference the medication had made for him at school. That right there did my anxiety-filled heart some good and made it all worth it. Was this a perfect solution? No, we still had issues at school and home, but it was making such a huge difference for him. 
We left him on this dose for the rest of the school year. At the beginning of the summer, we had a discussion about Gio's behavior and if we wanted to up his dose a little. We decided to leave it the same, and as the summer progressed on, I could see when Gio's medication would wear off and his behaviors would get worse. It seemed like the second half of our day during the summer was an absolute nightmare to get through. Gio was always on the go, was, able, was unable to listen and respond to you, and he always seemed to be all over the place. During the second half of our day, his attention span only lasted a few minutes at best, if that. I couldn't get him to sit and watch TV, and if I did catch his attention, it would be for a few minutes or 30 seconds at the most. It seemed if I turned my back, I could literally lose him, and I mean lose him. Sometimes he would just vanish on me. This was absolutely exhausting for me. The only way I can explain it is it was like watching a pinball in a pinball machine hitting all the little markers making them go ding, ding, ding. Only I wasn't watching a pinball. I was watching my child and my house was the pinball machine. It was so incredibly hard for me to deal with and by the time my husband got home in the evening, I was ready to absolutely rip my hair out. I made an appointment with our favorite new physician's assistant and shared my concerns with her. I also shared the concerns about the upcoming school year with her, that Gia would be in school all day and that the second half of his day is what I was worried about. See, for preschool, Gia was only in school for three hours, but kindergarten was a full day and I was very, very worried he wasn't going to be able to make it through his full day of kindergarten. So we decided to give Gio a boost of his medication at lunchtime and see if it made a difference. And man, did it make a difference. It seemed to make the second half of our day tolerable. And by the time my husband got home that evening, I wasn't ready to jump off a ledge. Was this a perfect fix? Absolutely not, but it made the second half of my days so much more tolerable. We returned to our favorite new physician's assistant a few weeks later and informed her of the difference and changes we had seen in Geo. We noticed that Geo's second dose wore off at about 4.30, so we left him on this and decided to see how it would go when he started preschool. Now, he started preschool just several weeks ago in September fall of 2022. We were actually very fortunate that Gio got the same kindergarten teacher that my oldest child got. I was so incredibly thankful for this because she was with us during our struggles with our oldest child and was so compassionate about having our youngest child in her class. After the first few weeks that Gio was in kindergarten, we did have a few issues and we had to adjust his IEP. But at his fall parent-teacher conference, we actually got a very good report and we're very happy with Gio's progress. And as of right now, we're able to leave his medication where it is. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, hit that like, subscribe, and follow button. If you want to help support my podcasting journey, hit the listener support. I leave you with much alofa and until we meet again.